0: Many of you have used glucagon clinically. It does a bunch of things but administration of glucagon rapidly increases blood sugar and because it has that property glucagon is used as a pharmacological treatment for diabetic patients having hypoglycemia. So don't forget about that option. D50 is not your only option in symptomatic hypoglycemia. And too many rounds of D50 can be hazardous to the veins. So you can inject glucagon or Nutella and get that sugar up. And please see through my twisted humor, do not inject Nutella. It's extraordinarily high in sugar and tastes awesome on crepes, but injecting it will kill you. Glucagon, on the other hand, you can inject IV, intramuscularly, subcutaneously if you needed to. And it's usually not the first thing we jump to and one of the reasons that we don't jump to it very quickly is it can induce nausea and vomiting so you often want to lay the patient in a lateral recumbent position to protect the airway because they can wake up and just vomit and aspirate. So usually with hypoglycemia we want the person who's having the hypoglycemic event to eat if they can do so safely if they're awake and alert enough if not we try and give some sugar If not, glucagon is an option, and then usually you want them to have some sugar either orally or IV soon afterwards. Another effective therapy that glucagon is used for is beta blocker overdose, where we give an IV administration of a bolus followed by an infusion. Therefore, glucagon is not solely only about glucose metabolism. Now, the alpha cells of the pancreas make glucagon. And by the way, if you give guys too much beer, they are at risk for becoming an alpha male. But it has nothing to do with the alpha cells of the pancreas. And it turns out that probably glucagon has other areas where it is made other than the alpha cells of the pancreas, though it doesn't really matter for this talk. What is important is that it is tempting to think about most diabetics not having enough insulin or insulin sensitivity, as those issues do exist in type 2 diabetes, but they are only part of the story. Fasting hyperglucagonemia or having too much glucagon sticking around is an early problem in type 2 diabetics. An analysis of hormones in young, obese adolescents has demonstrated significantly increased levels of fasting glucagon, particularly in obese individuals with insulin resistance or impaired glucose tolerance. It's important to recognize that type 2 diabetes has a lot of issues associated with it. Yes, there's insulin resistance or relative insulin deficiency. There can be significant genetic components, which is why certain populations are much more prone to it than others. There's environmental factors and obviously diet, exercise, even medications like antipsychotics, which we know can cause hyperglycemia and type 2 diabetes in some people. You can have deficiency in leptin and therefore be more prone to obesity and insulin resistance. So metabolism And hormone regulation is different for everyone. It's like, on the one hand, you have those rare mothers who deliver twins and look perfect three months later. Those are the women whose metabolisms are so good that other women have a hard time being friends with them. And then, on the other hand of the spectrum, you have people that are secreting too much stuff inappropriately, like excess glucagon and deficiencies of things like leptin and insulin. So, nope, life is not fair, but we gotta try and find the positive, like Mr. Toothbrush, who thought he had the worst job until he met Mr. Toilet Paper. And just accept that a lot of people are born into so many different variable environments and genetics that make them who they are. So, glucagon generally functions as a counter-regulatory hormone opposing the actions of insulin, and it increases the levels of blood glucose, particularly in patients with hypoglycemia. However, in patients with type 2 diabetes, excess glucagon secretion plays a major role in causing hyperglycemia. See, meals generally will suppress glucagon secretion from the normal alpha cell in the pancreas, but type 2 diabetics frequently can't suppress glucagon secretion as well as others, leading to excess hepatic glucose production. And as a side, though, another problem worth knowing is that diabetic patients with recurrent hypoglycemia might develop defective counterregulatory responses that include reduced or absent glucagon responses to hypoglycemia, and then not be able to increase their blood glucose effectively, making them more prone to hypoglycemia. So what are the things that inhibit glucagon release? Well, there's insulin that inhibits islet cell glucagon release. Just having a high blood sugar inhibits glucagon release. You don't want to have higher blood sugar when your sugar is already high. Somatostatin, and GLP-1 also inhibit glucagon secretion. GLP-1 does a lot of stuff, including stimulation of glucose-dependent insulin secretion and insulin biosynthesis, but also inhibition of glucagon secretion. And that's why so many of you are confused or have a hard time wrapping your head around medications affecting GLP-1, Because GLP-1 doesn't do just one thing. Some drugs have more than one effect. It's like the alcohol hand wash dispenser. It kills germs but also works as a paper-cut locator. Now obviously this won't be the last mention of GLP-1 memetics or DPP-4 inhibitors in this lecture series. Those drugs are an entire other talk. Just remember that both of those classes of medications suppress glucagon among other mechanisms of action that they have. And that's a big topic we'll get back to at a later date. Now studies in animals and humans have shown beneficial effects of zinc supplementation in patients with diabetes and a lot of primary care physicians do recommend zinc to their type 2 diabetic patients. Guess what? Zinc appears to be an inhibitor of glucagon secretion. And I will say it's hard to come up with zinc jokes, but I should be able to zinc of one. Most people think periodic table jokes are gone, but I don't zinc so. If you want to hear more jokes about argon and zinc, just email me, but I'm not expecting anyone to do that because my chemistry jokes, which I tell periodically, are so very boron that I often get no reaction. So I will stop any further puns and bury them because we are focusing on the topic of glucagon. And if I'm not part of the solution, I'm part of the precipitate. So nerds, we think we are sodium funny. Actually, I really don't have a whole lot more to say about glucagon. I just want people to understand it and how important of a role it has in our bodies and particularly in dealing with type 2 diabetes because when we start getting to drugs that among other things inhibit inappropriate post-meal glucagon release you really have to understand what that means and that's why we had a separate lecture on it today so I'm Gil Peratt I will catch you on the next round hope you're having an awesome day